Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Us Irish, we love to talk and no one talks like the Irish. No one has as much vocabulary or as many different accents as we do. Nowhere else in the world can you travel five miles down the road and get a completely different accent and 15 completely new words. We say drunk in many different ways and we say go out and get the shift in many, many other different ways. And we love conversations. This podcast, Tis Yourself, is dedicated to conversations with some of the most famous people and most well-known people around. Whether they're from this little island or from abroad, I chat to them in our unique Irish way to get the conversation going and find the person behind the public persona. This is Tis Yourself. Well, hey love, what's the story? Ah, there you are now. What's the crack? Tell me this and tell me no more. Oh, stop waiting, I tell you. I have a bone to pick with you. I'm doing a line with her. everybody how are you doing welcome to another episode of tis yourself this is episode three of season three my name is nicola barden and thanks a million for joining me again if if you're a regular listener or if you're just a fan of denise's and that's why you're dipping in welcome and i hope you enjoy the chat today those who listen weekly will know that i was off for the last couple of weeks so of course had to take the long bank bank holiday weekend off because you know it's rare we get them, the four day weekend. And the week before that, I was really sick and I just did not have the energy to edit and do all the stuff, even though I had them recorded, which was really annoying. But anyway, I'm back and I've got two brilliant episodes coming up. Today, starting off with someone whose sisters have already been on the podcast. Yes, we had Linda and Anne Nolan on with me before. Great crack. And if you're a fan of Denise's and you didn't know that, go back and scroll back and you can have that episode there. And they chat all about their lives, their book, um, what it's like growing up and fame, all that kind of stuff. And similarly, Denise is here to talk about what it was like growing up in the Nolan family. All of the family being famous, they've all been in the public eye for so long. What it was like leaving Ireland to go to England and so, so much more. Denise has just released her new album. It's called For You, My Love. And it's songs that she recorded a very long time ago, which you'll hear all about. And she never thought that they'd ever hear the light of day. The album is out now. So she's here to talk all about it. And it was just lovely to have her. It's lovely to have the ladies. They're always so much crack. We always have great, great fun. So here is myself chatting to Denise Nolan on Tis Yourself. I'm all right, thank you. I'm all right. <laughs> you look very glamorous. I'm like, oh, in thank the hoodie. you. 
no one sees me without my makeup. So, For a lot younger than me, you can get away with this. Oh no, I'm sitting in this direct light so you can't see all the blemishes. That's why. <laughs> Yes, I have to try and get a lot of light on me, yes. Um, I spoke to Linda and Anne before and we had great owl crack. You're, you're a family yeah. um, with great crack in it anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do like a laugh and a giggle. Yeah. Linda in particular is right. She's a scream. Yeah. Oh, my She's God. She's been living with me, so she has me in knots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had she had a little a wicked way of humour. Like she'd say some things and I'd be like, you little bowsy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so Irish, little bowsy. I haven't heard bowsy in years. Lovely, I love it. I'll bring as many <laughs> Irish words to as say I can. that. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm my mother used to say, if I get you a little bowsy, you know. <laughs> I'd say she said that a lot in your house. There was enough. Oh, kids she did. There. Yeah, she did. <laughs> what was it like growing up with so many of you in the house? It was it was fun. I mean, I mean, people see us now and we all talk across each other and and people don't understand us. It's just a large family. We're no different than any other family when we get together. Mm. I can have five conversations at once. And my chap, my, my chap's all right, my partner, because he came from quite a big family, too. So he gets it. But people from small families, they're sitting there. You're, I, you're all talking together, you know, so. And being Irish, you know, my dad used to say I swallowed the Blarney Stone. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you definitely all have the gift of the gab anyway, that's for sure. Yes, definitely, yeah. I'd say it was it was hard to stand out in your house because there's so many people that are like constantly on the go. You have to. I mean, I used to feel sorry for Maureen because Maureen's very quiet and um she was the one who she she'd say something and she mean, you know, where you have to go, you have to burst in, you know. So she get left, she used to get left out of luck. She's quieter than the rest of us. But she learned, you know. You have to uh, you have to be prepared to butt in. It's the only way you can get heard in a large family. Oh yeah, I know. I've got I've got three sisters, and like it's not as yeah. many as you, but guys. But if you don't start the conversation and stick with it, it doesn't get heard. <laughs> yeah, you've had it. Yeah. <laughs> but more, Maureen's one of the quieter ones, and uh, Colleen. But Colleen's not bothered. She'll just sit there. She, she won't take part in it. You know, she's so laid back. She's comatose. But Maureen is just kind of shy, and she'll. She's not shy with us, obviously, but she's just so quiet that I keep saying, well, speak up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, what age were you then when you, the you know, became the Nolan Sisters, Nolan Family, when you, uh, Nolan Family is supposed to start off? What age were you when that all? When I first started singing, I was 11. Um, we used to go around the clubs with our mum and dad, the three older girls. Um, I was the first to get up on the stage. I mean, I, yeah, I'd go into my act when the fridge light went on. I loved singing. So, um, and, and I used to beg my mum and dad to take me with them. They did. And then the other two said, well, why can't we go? So they came. And um, and we used to do all the working men's clubs and that. And, and what would happen is they'd let us get up and sing a song. Um, and people would say, God, they're good. You should start an act. So that's how it started. And it was a way to keep them together because getting babysitters for that many kids was hard as well. So they took us with them. Um, you know, because getting babysitters, as I said, was, was, wasn't easy. But that's how it started. I was 11. Colleen was only, uh, Colleen was two when she first sang on stage. What? Yeah. yeah. She came, came on with a little teddy bear and she sang um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It was Christmas. Perfectly in tune and all that, you know. So, um, and Bernie was very young. Bernie was only four or something like that. I can't remember. But they were both very young when they started singing. Wow. Yeah. Showbiz was really early in your family then. It is because my mum and dad, my mother was called Ireland's sweetheart of song. She was the Irish Forces sweetheart for a long time. And my dad was Ireland's Frank Sinatra. 
but they just couldn't make any money out of it. They were the first, in, when it was innovative uh, Irish TV, they were the first to do it. But um, they just couldn't um, make any money doing it. So they had to come over to England, came to Blackpool because it was the nearest place mm. and it was the heart of clubland. So there's loads of work in his clubs then and that. So they, they were never out of work. My mum and dad were fantastic singers. So they were never out of work. You know, that's how it all kicked off. That's how it started. You must have been then of an age where like you were in your teens or around that when you made the move then to the UK. That must have been really kind of weird. You know, you've grown up. I, I, yeah, well, I was I was 11. Uh, nine, God, I think it was 1960 or 1963, something like that. I know I was 10 or 11. Um, I thought we were coming for a holiday. Um, and I was distraught when I found out we were staying because we arrived in Blackburn the dead of winter. And believe me, it's dead in winter. The weather was awful. And I thought English people had dogs instead of kids because in Ireland, you'd be out playing with all the kids, skipping in beds and all that business. But in England, all you saw was dogs. And I was scared of dogs. So I thought, I've English people got no kids I can play with. I remember screaming at my mom, I want to go home. And she's saying, this is your home. But then the summer kicked in. And I fell in love with Blackpool. It's a great place to grow up in, you know, when, when once the summer came in. And it's a longer summer than anywhere else. So, yeah, I, I, I got, I grew to love it. Yeah, it's a it's a great place now, like if you want to go on holidays yeah. or a little weekend away or anything like that as well. It's oh, nice. I love it, yeah. I mean, it's one of those places, it's not a pretty town. There are prettier towns. But we're only half an hour, an hour from the Lake District, which is stunning. About 20 minutes from beautiful countryside. And you could, you could go out every night of the week. There's always somewhere to go. You know, whereas a lot of places may be pretty during the day, but they're mm. really boring at night. We've got the both in, in Blackpool. You know, you're so close to great countryside. So, and our, our prompt, they're clearing us up a bit. I sound like a, a courier for Blackpool, don't I? A tourist guide <laughs> for Blackpool. But um, no, I, I love living there. So when, you know, things started to move away from, I suppose, the family, um, the Nolan family and I was going into the Nolan sisters of you and your sisters kind of going out on your own was there ever a time yeah. that you were like I'm kind of done with singing now maybe I'll do something else <clears throat> excuse me I was never done with singing even today I love to sing I'm not as confident now you won't get me up unless I've had a couple of drinks that kind of thing um, but um, I love to sing I still love to sing I've just just before COVID, I did a tour with the tribute to Judy Garland, which I loved, absolutely loved. I'd love to do that again. In fact, I'd love to work in Ireland. I've never actually worked as a solo act in Ireland. I'd love that. But um, especially Dublin, my hometown. But um, no, I, I never got fed up singing. I missed, when I left the girls, I missed singing harmonies. I was good and very quick at learning harmony singing. Um, I was slow at learning routines. I mean, people misunderstand me. They say, oh, you couldn't dance. Could you? I could dance. I could move like the girls. Mm-hmm. Bernie could have been a professional dancer, but the rest of us were all good movers. But I took longer to learn routines and it mm-hmm. got to be a problem for me. You know, we do television show and they do 10 takes and they stick with the one that I got it all wrong. You know, oh, um, so I, I, I did dancing was becoming a big, bit of a problem for me. Too. And also all the different shapes and sizes, you know, we're five girls, people forget girls are all different shapes and sizes with their own tastes. And I was finding, the, obviously the majority rules, but I was finding it was always against me, you know. I liked wearing dresses rather than trousers and that, and we were always wearing trousers. And so all that kind of thing, I, I knew I was better off on my own. I was never happier than out front on my own singing. I'm a dramatic, you know, a Shirley Bassey type singer. I used yeah. to, modestly speaking you really go very well with the audiences and I was never happier than doing that so I thought it's now or never you know the girls we uh, we had our album 20 giant hits 
we'd work with Frank Sinatra. So nothing could better that for me. And if they'd said to me, we can't do it without you, I wouldn't have left. But uh, as you can tell, they really missed me. They had eight hit records after I left. So <laughs> it was my fault. We weren't doing anything. But um, no, we're, we're closer than ever now. But when I get to them, I drive them into, oh, let's do a harmony song. Let's do something. And they go, no, shut up. <laughs> so I, I love singing harmony. Was it weird after you left and then you were just their sister and kind of seeing them yeah. doing what they were doing? Yeah, it was like I'd go in the dressing room and people, you know, dying to meet the girls, but they didn't know who I was. They'd look at me and say, who's she? You know, that kind of thing. Um, no, when we were together, they were just my sisters. We were in and out of each other's homes and all that, you know. And and people would ask you weird things. What, did they wash their own clothes? I mean, I even had a bit of that. I remember doing pantomime in, in Eastbourne and I was in the laundrette. This one, oh my God, you're washing your clothes. And I went, yeah, actually, you know, I don't really like wearing dirty underwear, you know. <laughs> but people have weird ideas. They used to say it to my auntie, what, they come around to your house and you make them a cup of tea? And my auntie said, no, they make their own tea. <laughs> you know, but people have a funny idea in showbiz. As soon as you're on TV, you're glamorous. In our case, we weren't making a fortune. At it, so it wasn't that glamorous, really. You know, we just love singing. It's funny how people just assume that because you've got so many followers on Instagram or you've got like you're on telly or you're a singer, yeah. you're a millionaire. Oh, how, unbelievable. Um, when we first started, the company we were working for paid for everything. And later on, we found out we were being charged the money. But at the time, they, and they would, and if we'd known, we wouldn't worn half the things they made us wear. When we were oh doing television, we were matching pretty girl boat. I mean, we were all young girls, went to discos and all that. But we were in the most awful, dowdy clothes. That's why we got a reputation in a lot of newspapers being drippy. And it wasn't fair. We were very, very ordinary girls, like to drink, you know. And uh, very up to date with the clothes thing and all that. So our friends, in the, when we go to a disco, used to say, why were you wearing that awful outfit the other night? We weren't allowed to say we didn't pick these, you know. Oh, no. And we never, and we never dressed the same, you know. We've no twins in the family anyways. We never dressed the same. But on TV, it was all that. Some awful clothes. Yeah, I remember awful. Linda saying to me that, you know, you had to pretend, you know, you were single or whatever, stuff like that. And all that. that you never yeah, drank yeah. and you never smoked or anything. Yeah, they yeah they gave us this image and said, and they were wrong because let us be normal because it's better for your career anyway because you get this old and old. Your people are frightened to say they're fans because we're so drippy, you know. So it but that was the image given to us. It wasn't us. Yes, we're sisters, and of, the, of all of them, I'm the drippiest. But I don't think I'm drippy. I'm just you know I'm a bit of a private person, you know. But um, we just got this reputation for being oh sweeter than sweet. Trust me, we weren't. <laughs> from what I can tell you definitely were these bowsies <laughs> bowsy little bowsies I must remember that one I love that well you like you were saying there that you are a private enough person in comparison I suppose to your sisters but that must be very hard in your family because everybody seems to or thinks they know everything about you guys yeah we've all got little I mean the, yeah they, they um the family know obviously my sisters was no my bad points and my good points and all that um but yeah people think they know you intimately but they don't not really they don't know you privately they wouldn't you know um they might have a saintly image of one of us and I want to go oh yeah <laughs> you know what I mean so they don't they don't really know you, you what goes on behind closed doors nobody does you know so that's these intimate portrayals I think even them, you know, those um, uh, 
even the Nolans at home, you still put on a bit of an act. You know, anybody who says they act like that all the time, you know, they, you know, we still have little arguments. And I, you wouldn't see any of that when we did a TV show, you know. So nobody is totally honest, even in a reality TV show. Well, I don't believe they are anyway. Because I know myself, like me, me and one of my sisters could be getting on brilliant today. We could kill each other tomorrow and not speak yeah. for two oh, weeks. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, we have, a, we're all different characters, you know. We're all unique in our own ways. Some of us are very, very outgoing, like Linda's real, you know, outgoing personality gets on with everyone because she's so funny. Give me a couple of drinks and I'm very outgoing, but sober, I'm, I lack confidence. My partner's very outgoing, so he helps me. Um, and I'm outgoing with my own family, but in public, I have to be, you know, relaxed to be like that. But Linda and Bernie, bless her was like that very very outgoing personality Anne is quiet Maureen's quiet Colleen's quiet but Linda and, and Bernie were the really outgoing ones of the family definitely you say you lack uh, confidence you know do you know what that is from or you know it's all sorts of things happen when I was a kid and you know when you're in an act Maureen lacked confidence as a singer I had plenty of confidence singing because people would tell me how wonderful it was. But they would also say to me, you know, you may be plain to look at, but you're a great singer. Mm. Where Maureen would get, you know, God, you're a beautiful girl, but I don't know why you bother singing. Now, people don't know when you're children, that sticks with you. And mm. I grew up with Maureen, who is stunning still. But I grew up going everywhere with Maureen. And because all the blokes fancy her, you begin to think you're the ugliest thing in the earth. So you, go, you walk around like you are. And it comes over that way. And it's, it's not because I look back at photos and sometimes, I think, my God, I was quite attractive. You know what I mean? Ooh. You grow up with the lack of confidence because of people's attitude. And when you're children, the things people say to you. And as I said, Maureen, when she went, so was the best thing she ever did because she suddenly found out she could sing and could do an act on her own. Whereas in the act, she, she had no confidence as a singer. And I was the opposite. No confidence as a person, but plenty of confidence as a singer. Yeah. It's so scary how, because like, yeah. I know myself, I can think back on things people have said to me as a child. And um, they obviously say them flippantly and yeah. they scar you. And like, look it at is. now, years yeah. and years later, you can recall them being said to you. Definitely. I remember my sisters when they're in hospital for a year and a half. And my mother said when they came out, we won't need you anymore. Now, my mother didn't mean it like that. She just meant we won't be depending on you the way we were, because I was the girl of the house looked after the little ones and that. But I saw that she wouldn't need me anymore. And it stays with you. You know, she didn't mean it like that, but it stays with you. And for a while, I resent, I loved them. And I'm, I didn't know them. I, hadn't, I wasn't allowed to visit them in the hospital or anything. So I had to get to know them. And I was kind of resentful for a while because of it. You know, people should be more careful what they say to children. The attitude is children, oh, don't, they don't know what you're saying, but they do know what you're saying. Even little ones get embarrassed. People say, she's too young to be embarrassed. I've seen two-year-olds blushing embarrassment, you know, but people don't, you know, a lot of people don't get that. And it stays with children, really does. And like to think about it, you know, you obviously offend a little bit more confidence as you go along, but it's still affecting you now in other ways. Yeah. And that's, oh, it that's does, not yeah. really, that, that's horrible to think that all these years later, something still gets you. Yeah, it does. Definitely. Yeah, still does. Yeah. I mean, I have weight problems, which I've always had. I've been up and down, you know, um, and that doesn't help. When I lose a bit of weight, I get more confidence, but it's trying to lose it is the problem, you know. Oh, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> no, slim, um, I'm at a swimming club and um, I keep, uh, when I, if I gain half a pound, I'm distraught, you know. 
but I'm starving myself. And they say, you don't starve yourself. You eat properly. You starve yourself. Your body won't, it won't work, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, so you get distraught. But when I lose weight, it does give me more confidence. You know, I accept that I'm, I'm 70 next week. Well, next month. So I, I accept that, you know, but I can do something about my weight. It's my problem. Nobody else's, you know, and it's keeping it down. Then when you do lose it, you know, so oh, sure. we've just been in lockdown for two years. So we all have done it. Yeah, I know. I, I love to eat when I'm bored or unhappy. My first go to thing is food, you know, yeah. and people say I've got a sweet tooth, a savory tooth. Well, I've got an every tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I love all, all three courses or four, as the case may be. I love them all. Oh, yeah, I, I love, love my food. We're kindred spirits because that's me. I'm like, I'm talking to someone and I'm like, I'll have a Kit Kat when this conversation is over. No, it's oh, just yeah. in my head. <laughs> yeah, and Irish people drink a lot of tea and I and I love tea, but I can't keep drinking tea without biscuit or so. I can't just mm-hmm. drink pints. As I'm drinking the tea, I'm thinking, I must get a biscuit or a piece of bread or something, you know, so it's very hard. Dieting's difficult. Mm-hmm. And I'm a lazy sod when it comes to exercise. Like Maureen, who doesn't need to lose nearly as much as me, but she's on the diet too, but she exercises. You know, she goes running and all that. That'll be the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose when you're on tour and stuff like stuff like that, do, do you find that you'll be a bit more fitter because oh, you're moving around? A lot of energy. Yeah, I did. As I said, I did this Judy Garland show and I lost weight, you know, um, because it's like an hour and a half to two hours on stage. And it's just you and the band. And with an interval, obviously, but um, yeah, that, um, you lose a bit of energy because you sweat for a start, you know, the lights and all. So mm. the one good, well, it's not the one good thing about it. I love doing it, but you do lose a bit of weight, excuse me. So, you know, when you left the band and you, you know, were <laughs> doing stuff on your own, like how, how hard was it to start back up again after leaving the girls behind you? The singing wasn't a problem because, as I said, I'd always lots of confidence. The hardest thing, and the girls will tell you too, is talking to an audience. Um, when we were in act together, we all had our little bits to say to introduce each song and we'd rehearse them. Um, it, it's supposed to be like unrehearsed rehearsal. You know what I mean? It's, it, it can't sound like you're reading it off a book, but you've got to make it natural. And I found that hard. I, I put this show together and it, it looked well. In fact, the first person I worked with, you may not even know, was a guy called Matt Monroe. I did a tour with him and he's just the nicest guy. He was England's Frank Sinatra, wonderful singer. And I did a show at Reading and I got all the act ready. And my lovely musical director did all the arrangements half price because it's my first gig, John Coleman. Never forget that. And, uh, and I suddenly, two days before I went down, I thought, oh my God, what am I going to say? <laughs> you know, so the hardest thing was of all was going out, introducing songs. You can't just sing all night. You've got to be able to, a lot of acts today don't know how to communicate with an audience. That's why you go and see a show and it can get a little bit boring because they don't talk to the audience, you know. And sometimes it's nice to break up the singing and just sit and have a chat with them. Um, some people are not good at it now. A lot of young people because they haven't grown up doing it. We all learned how to do it. And we've all had solo careers now. Linda's particularly good at, you know, chanting to an audience. And, and we all are. We can all do it. Um, but that was the hardest thing, making it sound natural. When I did the Judy Garland show, <clears throat> got all the songs together for a Carnegie Hall concert. I thought, I can't just get out and say, I've got to talk about Judy Garland. So I had to write out a whole script and kind of learn it, you know, by heart, but make it sound like I was making it up as I go along. It's, that's the hardest thing for me because I, I felt I could sing anyway. So that wasn't a problem. For Maureen, would say it was different, possibly, you know, because she had 
hang-ups about her singing. But for me, it was the chant. <laughs> you may find that un- un- hard to believe, but that's the truth. <laughs> I'm literally going, <laughs> you haven't stopped chatting at all. I'm like, she's great, Sharon. <laughs> I never shut up. <laughs> I suppose it's very different walking out and like everyone's staring at you and like there's, you know, anything from 100 to 5,000 people looking Whatever. at you going. Yeah, you have to try and make it like I'm talking to you. You have to make it sound like you're having a chat to your mates. Yeah. Um, but you can't, you can't make it up because oh, suddenly you're, uh, uh, you know, and that sounds bad as well. So if an audience is really good, I have no problems. It shut me up. You know, Tom plays drums for me, my partner, and he'll say, get on with it. <laughs> you know, because if, if the audience are with and they're laughing, at, that's why I always feel sorry for comics, because when we die on stage, get on with the song, put another one on, that's it. But comics have to stand there and listen to the silence, you know. Yeah. The odd, oh, the odd thing I've said that is not going well, it throws me totally. Something that you normally get a laugh with doesn't go well. I go, well, uh, anyway, so I can't imagine what it's like to be a comic who's dying on stage. Yeah, it's like, it's like as if you forgot all the lyrics or you just couldn't hit yes. a note or something and everybody's staring yeah. at you. Yeah, but at least there's noise. The band are still mm. playing. It's the silence with the comedian, you know, is just stand there. And there's, maybe somebody laughs because they feel sorry for him. It's even worse. One person is, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I have been on cruise ships. I did them for years with comedians. And I've gone, well, oh, there's nothing worse. Nothing worse. What was it like being on the cruise ships kind of circuit and stuff? I, I actually love cruising. I wouldn't care if uh, holiday-wise, if I spent the rest of my life on cruises, I absolutely think it's the best holiday in the world. Working on it, I didn't like. Um, and I did it for 30 years, so I must have been quite popular, you know, <laughs> but you're living with your audience. So like mm-hmm. the way I put a bit of makeup on to talk to you, you can't relax. Even if you go well, they're all coming up to you and you feel like you have to be on show all the time because, oh, I loved your act. I love that. love this. And if you don't go well, they whisper in corners about it as you go by. And, and the odd one is quite happy to me. I didn't like your act last night, you know. So it's, it's kind of, and when you're insecure like I am and sensitive, uh, that side of it, I hate it. Um, but actual cruising, oh, best holiday in the world. I've done one as a passenger and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, you're like, don't give me a microphone. Let me just enjoy it. Oh, yeah, just let me enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I don't mind getting up with singing. If people don't know, if I'm not working on the ship and I happen to be in the bar when the piano plays, I say, can I sing a song with you? That's I enjoy because people don't know who you are. Mm. And they think, she good. You know, yeah. when they know who you are, they're expecting it to sound amazing or, you know, well, she should be good. She's one of the Nolan sort of thing. That's mm. where it becomes difficult because you have to try and sound like you would on stage. And that's not always possible. But to uh, to actually work on ships, no, I, di- I really didn't enjoy them. <laughs> but I loved being You went back with the girls, though, didn't you? We did, uh, yeah, we did the cruise. Uh, well, we did the Nolans at home first. I mm-hmm. missed the first one, which yeah. was the best cruise because they did the Mediterranean, which is my favourite. Um, and then I did the Nolans at home, with them, which we did in during heavy lockdown, which saved us really because um, because we were working we were able to be together um, it was my sister's 70th birthday and we were able to have a bit of a party for it because we were filming it which was lovely mm. um, and then the cruise ship I mean it was the British Isles and we couldn't get off most of the ports but to be quite honest it was still very enjoyable because you could pe- you could see people were just there because they wanted to to you know get over COVID we're on a holiday you know even the weather wasn't good but people were so lovely the audience and, and 
you realize how popular you are. The people who came up want to have photos taken with you. And when we did the song at the end of the cruise, the reaction was just ridiculous, you know. But that was scary for me. It was the first time I'd sung with them in about 30 odd years. Mm. So that was a little bit scary. We, we did something just for the family on the Nolan's home. But on the cruise was an actual professional song. I will survive, which was appropriate because we were on a cruise ship and we're still here, you know. Uh, but that was scary. Yeah. Again, I had to learn a bit of a routine, which I mucked up. But um, <laughs> it, it, it was good. I, I, well, it was great. We had such a laugh on the ship. It was fabulous. You know, I mean, there's a couple of the girls I didn't talk to for about five years. We had a big falling out. And it was lovely that we're back together. It was something and nothing that went on and on. It's a shame, but we're over it now. We're back together. And, and that was the first time we'd actually worked together. And it, it was it was very emotional. It was lovely. And Thoroughly what brought you back it. together? Well, I well, we were talking to Bernie and Maureen about a year and a half, thankfully, before Bernie even got terminally ill. Mm. And they were fed up and we were fed up with it. Linda and Collie went on a bit longer, stubborn. Um, the row we had, for me, there was no way past it. People said, should get in a room and thrash it out. I said, no, what we'll do is we'll thrash each other. Because <laughs> unless people are willing to say sorry, what you have to do is you love each other. You move away from it. You move on, which is what we did. And what happened was I, my fellow's 70th birthday, Colin was very close to him. Colin was the last one we talked to. And I said, look, it's Tom's 70th birthday. I know he'd love it if you were there. And she came. And that was it. We didn't mention the row. It was as if we'd never been apart. And now we say, how stupid were we? We'll never do it again. Any rows will never dis descend to that ever. It's not worth it. There's other families in my family who've fallen out and not talked to each other for years. I think it's awful. Yeah. I want to say, do you, do, do you hate each other? And they go, well, no. Well, fix it then, you know. I know. If, if you've no love left, then great. But if, if you still love them, you've got to sort it. You know, and so what will happen is it'll take a tragedy and then they'll come together. And like, isn't it good that you came together before Bernie passed away? Before, I, I have to say that was, you know, there's been reports in newspapers and that we came together in a deathbed. That's just for dramatic content. We didn't. We were talking to Bernie. Anne and I was. We were talking to Bernie at least six, maybe a year, six months or a year before she even got terminal. So her, her and Maury. So, yes, I'm very glad about that. Yeah. yeah. Because they're moments that you're going to remember forever. And oh, yes. And she wants them said to be, to you don't want them to be on her deathbed. You don't want them to be the only time oh, that you reconcile the same. Oh, how awful. It, it actually hurts me when they say that, you know. Um, Bernie said to us a couple of months before she died, she says, I'm really sorry we had that row, you know, which was lovely, you know. And we said, forget it, it's done, finished. Mm. That was it. So. Oh, that's it's a, yeah. that's hopefully somebody who's listening and having a ridiculous row over something will go. Do you know what? You know what? There's so much worse going on. Yeah, in the and world. don't try and fix it. You can't fix them unless one person is is ready to say I was wrong. Mm -hmm. If they're not, you got to say to they're not going to say they're wrong. I'm not going to say we're wrong. Let's move on away yeah. from it. Let's not ever bring it up again and move on because we love each other. Yeah, that's we don't love each other. Yeah. Definitely. And you don't want to have regrets in life. And that's the, the problem. You know, you get to a certain age and you're looking back on why, why am I after missing? As you said, well, it's, awful. Years. Yeah. it's awful because I love my nieces and nephews. And, and to be fair, my sisters never stopped me seeing my nieces and nephews and my great nieces and nephews, which has happened in other families in my family. You know, I have cousins who've never seen their siblings, children, all that, you know, and I think that's awful. I mean, we never 
extended to the kids. We were still friendly with the children. They didn't know we'd had rows, which I'm always grateful about um, because I love them all, you know. But even despite that, some of them I don't know as well as the others, mm-hmm. which is a shame. That can never be right, you know, because I didn't see them when they were tiny. But, and, and vice versa for them. They didn't see the ones I saw when they were tiny. But at least we were never stopped from seeing them. And I've seen that happen. And that's awful to bring your kids into the row. I think that's blooming awful. Uh, but at least um, now you're all so close, like, and you do seem to spend a yeah. lot of time with, like, you know, nieces and nephews. Like, you can see all on all do. of your, like, social medias, you all hang out quite a lot. We do, yeah, we do, definitely, yeah. Um, Amy and Alex, in particular, Anne's daughters, I'm quite close to, because I've Alex is my goddaughter. And Colleen's son, Jake. Mm. Well, all, her sons and her daughter, I've had to get to know all over again, because she was, like, a little girl when we were in the row. She's a lovely kid. She's well, kid, she's 21 in, in June, but um, but you've had to kind of get to know her again. But her sons, you know, I've, I've helped bring them up, but when particularly Jake, you know, he used to come on cruises with me and we were very close, so I lost touch with him a bit, but now we're closer than ever, so I'm really delighted about that. And how do your sisters feel now that you're going out singing on your own and releasing your own music? Well, I, I've been a solo artist for a long time. So and they've always been very, very supportive about that. And they're absolutely delighted about the album. I mean, I don't know how well it's going to do. It's an album I had in my back room for 35, 40 years. My partner and I, we've been together over 40 years. We get married eventually. Happy, happy forever. Can, um, <laughs> but, but we had this album. I was fed up watching people making albums of this music, the Great American Songbook, which is my first love. I was brought up in a Frank Sinatra and uh, and they were going and they were using string machines and karaoke machines. And for me, it wasn't right. And he said, well, let's do it ourselves. We haven't got any money. So we sold our house in London wow. and half of it went to financing the album. We used a 20 piece orchestra, a 12 piece and a quartet. And it was a labor of love. We made it in a week with the help of this musical director, did all the arrangements, John Coleman. And, um, but we just put it in the back burner. I, I didn't know who to approach with it anyway. And that day, the uh, the Great American Songbook wasn't as popular as it was when people like Robbie Williams, thank God, and, and Rod Stewart brought them out. So I didn't see there be any interest. And then Dermot came along. I wish I'd known him about 40 years ago and said, have you got any albums we could put out? I still have got one I've had for years, but, you know, I don't know. Anyway, he said, show it to me. And uh, that's it. It's it's a company took it on. I've had some great reviews. Mm. Denise, Denise's time to shine, five stars and all this. And um, even if it does nothing financially, I'm just so happy that it, it finally got released. All that hard work we put into it has been rewarded for me. So and the girls are chuffed to bits. Absolutely chuffed for me. Yeah. About bloody time and all that business, you know. So there's no jealousy. Whenever any of us do anything good, we mm. couldn't be happier, you know. Uh Colin got a, a, an Emmy when she did that show with um oh, what's his name? That gorgeous dancer. Oh, anyway, she did a TV show, a documentary. Oh, uh, the full Monty thing. Oh yeah. And she yeah, and she got a, an Emmy for that. And um, it was just incredible, you know. I mean, Dermot's talking Grammys with me now. When I first met Dermot, I would have said, most of the things he said, right, we're getting some cruises. I laughed. You know, mm-hmm. we're releasing your album. I laughed. Now he's talking Grammys. I don't laugh so much now. You know, I'm thinking, yes, but what if? Because he's just one of these people, you know, he's amazing. 
So if it happens, it happens. My family would be over the moon. Well, so, I think when I listened to it, the thing that struck me is that you clearly like love these songs. Like, you know, they're, they're songs Absolutely. that like, it's not like someone handed you and just said, sing this. Like you can feel that. From the heart. Like if I have my favorite song, I'm going to sing that better than I'm going to sing any other song because it's my favorite and that's yeah. what's come true in the music. Yeah, I love it. I mean, if I'd had my time over, I'd maybe do a couple of quick ones as well because it is all very, very slow ballad. I would have put in a couple of quick ones, but I just, I, I mean, I have so many ballads. I'm a ballad singer and I love ballads. So um, it was leaving out. People say to me, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you, you know, there's so many I left out. I mean, if they'd let me do another one. But my voice has changed now. That was 40 years ago. I mm. couldn't recreate that album now. I'm just so delighted it's come out because I have another voice. I have a very strong, powerful voice, mm. which is, is good now. But that voice, I don't think I've got that voice anymore. I hope so. You know, if I ever have to sing it live. Yeah, but I I love the music absolutely, and and when I made it, I wish I'd known Dermot when I made it. It would have been amazing because he'd have got it out there. But, There's a lot um, of uh, Frank Sinatra who you've mentioned a lot, and you got to perform. Yeah. You know, we got to tour with him as well, which must have been unreal. Well, I don't know who you who your idol is, but he has been my idol since I was about two or three. Mm. And I remember we met him in the Palais de Congrès in Paris, and we walked along under the stage. The, the dressing rooms were under the stage. And we could first really hear his voice. He's got this deep, resonant voice. And we go, oh, no, that's it, that's it. And we get into the room and he's shaking all our hands. And I'm going to say, it's an understatement to say I'm pleased to meet you. And he came up to me and I went, has you? <laughs> I was absolutely, and as you can tell, it doesn't happen often, totally dumbstruck. I can't tell it. And every time he'd come up to us, then i go, beautiful or something. The girls would go, what are you going on? I was just... <laughs> I just adore him. I've got about a thousand songs on my iPad. And one sad thing is he was rehearsing in the Albert Hall and he was singing this song called Both Beautiful, which my dad used to sing. And he came up to us and said, you girls won't know this song, but your mommy will. And I wanted to go, I know when you cut your first tooth, you know, I just, we knew it backwards, the song, but he would have thought we were creeping. You know what I mean? Uh, there's no point in telling him how much we loved him because it would have sounded like we creamed, but we really were fans. We weren't just delighted to be working with a legend. I was working with my idol. Yeah. So nothing could be better than that. And now you've got to sing some of his songs and, you know, put them out there into the world. Uh, as well. Yeah. I'm so chuffed. Yeah. Uh, my favourite on the album is a song called The Wee Small Hours. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, uh, modestly speaking, that's the best vocal I've ever done. It's the one vocal that I can listen to and think, yeah, I like that. You know, a lot of times you think, oh, there's a couple of songs in the album I won't mention. I would love to have had a chance to do again. But uh, that one, I'm, I'm, for me personally, it's, it's mm. probably one of the nicest vocals I've ever done. You dedicated um, one of them to your mom as well, didn't you? Yeah, with a song in my heart. Uh, yeah. My mother used to sing that. Aww. And uh, yeah, my mother was a beautiful soprano absolutely gorgeous my chapters and like sopranos the only soprano we could ever listen to is my mother because she was more like a show soprano she had great feeling when she sang and uh but yeah she used to sing with a song in my heart so that was for her yeah that wasn't a particular Sinatra song most of them are Sinatra classics mm. but there's one or two are on love is many splendor thing is my favorite song I've never heard Sinatra sing that I don't think uh, I've heard Nat King Cole sing it um, that's my favorite song. That's why that's in there. But my funny Valentine. Um, oh, every time we say goodbye is Ella Fitzgerald, who is another favorite. But mostly Sinatra's. 
that's such a lovely thing. And you did release a single and it went to like number three or something. So that's amazing. Yes, it's iTunes. Yeah, every time we say goodbye. And I did it on the ship. And of course, I had to just use piano. Well, on the album, that's a 20 piece orchestra. So the guy who rearranged it for me did did a good job. You know, he managed to recreate uh, from the TV, from the album uh, for television. He did a good job. I was terrified. Absolutely. And the girl surprised me with this. I didn't know I was doing it. <laughs> and I can believe they went, Linda gets up to introduce me and I went, what's she doing? There's somebody singing, you know, and she said, no, you were singing. Oh God, I could have killed them. But I loved it then, you know, it's yeah. great. Do you think you're going to get to tour now, now that things are reopening with the with the album or with other music? I, I'd love to do the Judy Garland, as I said. I loved doing that. But I don't know if she's popular enough. Somebody was talking about doing a, a legendary ladies, you know, mm. a bit of Judy Garland, a bit of Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah, I think about that. And as I said, I'd love to work in Ireland. There's a lot of cousins in Dublin and that who'd love me to um, do, you know, do some work over there. Um I'd have a house over there if I could afford it. But um, you've got a lot of family there too. Are you from Dublin? I'm from Louth. Louth. But I live in Dublin. Uh, We're an hour north of Dublin. Well, if anyone wants to get your album, it'll be, by the time this goes out, it'll be out because it's out on the 18th, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Oh my God, you must be so excited. I am, yeah. It's in Asda, HMV, several other places. Amazon, you can get it on... I hope people will actually buy the CD. <laughs> that, that's where we make the money on the buying the actual CD. Um, so that would be nice. Well, Mother's Day is coming up. So maybe some people could exactly. buy it for their mother, the actual physical yeah. copy. That'd be nice. Yeah. It's called For You, My Love. So a husband might be a nice thing to buy for his wife. Yeah. <laughs> See, you have to plant all these ideas in people's head for presents oh, and then definitely. they go. <laughs> There's, yeah. Even if she doesn't like the album, just buy it. Feel sorry for me. Just, just do because you're a big fan. And then if you do, she might come over to Dublin. <clears throat> yeah, oh, I'd love to, love to. I well, did go over there a lot with my aunt who died recently and we took her back a lot, you know. Um, I love going over there. Absolutely love it. I'll have to send some hints to RTE, tell them that you're mad to come back to work here. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah, well, Mrs. It has been so lovely to talk to you today. I've had great crack, yeah, as I always expected when I talked to any of you guys. Yes, we don't have problems chatting and I'm the worst. If Anne was here, she'd be like, shut up, Denise. <laughs> me, and Ma- me and Maureen are the chattiest. Yeah, I definitely, I'm like, I used to think Linda was the chattiest, but now I think you've taken the title. Oh God, no, no, I'm the worst. <laughs> and and then Maureen. Maureen's very quiet and shy, but when you get her talking and uh, when you get her talking and on a subject, she never shuts up either. So it's me and her are the worst. <laughs> or the best. Maybe but the best, let's put it that way. The best. <laughs> Right, Mrs. Will you go and move to visit your friend? So I let you go now. Thank you very much. It was so lovely to talk to you. You too. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. The fabulous Denise Nolan there. And as always, as I said before, I always have great cracks with the ladies when they come on. Linda and Anne were a hoot when they were on in season one. And now it's great to have Denise in season three. Sure, we'll have Colleen in season five then. That'll be the next one. Um, If you haven't picked up anything for Mother's Day, if you're listening to this on Saturday, it's tomorrow. So go get something. Um, The album, of course, is a great option uh, for you, my love, it's called. Or just get it for someone that you love. And just say, this says it all and pass it on. And she might then be able to come over and do a little tour in Ireland or do a performance over here. Obviously, if the support is here, 
that would be amazing request on your radio stations all that kind of stuff if you're a fan of the Nolans and you haven't heard my previous chat do scroll back or if you like this episode please like follow subscribe leave a review rate all that kind of crack it really means a lot and of course if you don't already come follow me on Twitter or on Instagram just look for Well Tis Yourself and you'll find me there and as always it's been a fabulous little time to chat to you all every single time you click listen it just makes me so so happy so thank you from the bottom of my heart and I hope you have a great weekend week wherever you're listening to this in the world have a great time and look after yourself see you next week